0: encouraged not burdened by the history that they create they know what is expected of them they
1: are manchester united listeners we are back with the busby babe podcast i'm here with nathan Heinchel post-match after Manchester United beat Tottenham 2-0. Um, I know this is the first time in a couple weeks you've heard our voice, uh, because last Friday I forgot to hit publish on the episode we recorded. Um, we've we've had some new scheduling conflicts to deal with, as well as Polly's computer um, frequently disconnecting him from Skype. So um, yeah, we, we appreciate your patience with us on dealing with those things along with my own incompetence. But uh, Nathan, good win, good vibes. How, how's it going?
0: Yeah, I'm just set, gutted for the listeners that they uh, missed out on such a great episode last week. Um, the lost episode. We'll, we'll, we'll publish it in a couple years. I'm sure we both made really good points after Polly's uh,
2: computer cut cut out on him. But um,
0: yeah, post uh, Tottenham match, we don't even need to talk about the Newcastle one. Let's just talk about the Tottenham match. Those vibes are excellent right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess we should... Newcastle is kind of in this context as like towards the end of that match, especially United were playing really dominant football. Um, the midfield pairing of Casemiro and Fred, uh, you know, it took a half to settle against Newcastle, but they've looked good. And uh, along with the back four, they haven't really let up many chances. Today they owned Harry Kane and Hyunmin Song. Um, they got absolutely nothing against Manchester United. Tottenham looked... I mean, I know they're not in great form or anything to start the season, but you you usually expect when you the ball finds those two in space, they can make something happen just because we've they're world class at that. They are such good forwards, and they had absolutely nothing that they could do today against this defense. Um, but the the goals finally came for United. Um, the, the story against Newcastle obviously was that it was nil nil despite United having so much the ball creating so many chances. It was that same way in the first half against Spurs, but really got going in the second half.
2: Yeah,
0: I, I so I had one eye on the Newcastle match. Um, I was able to watch a lot more of, the, of this Tottenham match just simply because of my own um, work responsibilities on Sunday. But um, I thought what was really positive in this match, specifically with United, they knew how Tottenham wanted to come out, absorb pressure, hit them on the counter. And we've seen United leak goals in the past, and today they seem really up for it. Um, there was not an issue of when it was – if United gave up possession and Tottenham's attacking half, they were able to get back into position and usually stifle any chances. Of course, Harry Kane had a couple moments where it was like, woo, um, where we got a little uncomfortable because normally when he has the ball in, in those spaces, it turns into a goal. But uh, De Gea made a couple saves. Uh, Martinez was excellent tonight. Um, I, I think defensively, it, this was one of the best performances we've seen United probably play in a while. Um, and then offensively, yeah, we saw the finishing happen. Um, I, I think for the vibes, they should have counted the third goal, um, because that Luke Shaw pass was disgusting. Um, and if Bruno is just maybe, I don't know, a half of a mile an hour slower, you know, he's on and, and then it's, it, it's three nil.
1: Um, it wasn't just that pass either. He had one to Rashford that Rashford was able to take down and get a shot, shot off, but he saved it um, as he did, I think, three other Rashford attempts. But Luke Shaw looks really good again.
0: Yeah, so this is the new uh, transfer strategy for Manchester United, right? Always budget a twelve to $19 million left back every summer just so that way the fire is constantly lit under Luke Shaw's ass. Like <laughs> they, this is, this is twice now we've seen it. Like they bring in Tellez because I don't know, is Luke Shaw not the guy? All of a sudden Luke Shaw becomes the best left back in England. We joke that he was the best left back in the world. And then, um, you know, Melassia comes in, he's showing. Okay. All of a sudden Luke Shaw is he's fit. He looks like he's in some of the best shape that he's been in his playing career. And he's, playing out of his mind again and um it's well-timed because you know surely he's going to be traveling with england to cutter now uh, yeah i
1: I, I was gonna say i think gareth southgate should maybe get the fa to help budget that because (laughs) the first time it happened it also that was the season leading up to the euros and luke shaw was incredible at the euros and you you expect him to play a really big part for them at the world cup like he said but yeah it's it's really good to see i mean Case tweeted about this uh, before the match that it's just good to watch a team full of players that you like as as much as it is to watch good football and um you know for a particular reason this front three was all players uh you know that we enjoy as opposed to what it was at the weekend and uh, it, it's really great to see the midfield and defense coming together as well. These are famous last words that we had in mid August of 2021. <laughs> it's
2: like wow we were. <laughs> right. really-
0: We've really got the most likable team we've ever had. And then it's just like, <laughs> oh god, two our, our new forward and then one of our previous forwards are are really bad for uh, uh, the vibes. Yeah. Um, you no, know, this this was exciting. I we we talked about it in the lost pod. Um, you know, two guys that, whose names came up a lot in, in that pod were Rashford and Casemiro, and you know we start we're. Trying to not write off Casemiro yet because we knew coming into United he wasn't in, he wasn't in form he wasn't in playing shape yet you know, he wasn't playing for Real Madrid before he joined United so he was going to have to one get his legs under him in a new league in a team that's all, not even like he was coming into a team that was also learning the system so it's not like you could just plug him in and be like all right this is how we do it like the whole team's still figuring it out so. You know, all these different factors that potentially could have prevented uh, Casemiro from coming good uh, to start off as United current. It looks a little shaky. And now all of a sudden he's got two games under his belt. You're like, all right, cool. Um, maybe this was not 69 million uh, euros um, illly spent. Um, there's still an opportunity, but I think Tottenham and Newcastle are, are good uh, teams to see Casemiro go up against you. And like, all right, cool. I feel better about this now. Um And then Rashford has been just like so unbelievably effective in the last two games. I know people will have an issue with his inability to finish, especially in that key moment against Newcastle in the 93rd minute, but he's putting United in much better chances to find goals than say one of his other counterparts where like we all talked about for the the better part of last year. It's like, yeah, You can have a guy who finishes, or you can have a guy that sets up the rest of the team to be able to finish. And that's what we're seeing again. Rashford's causing problems. He has to be defended. And we saw it in a moment where there was a perfect through ball played through. Rashford, I think, was almost even surprised he didn't have a defender on him because he was running so quickly. And then that opens up space. Luke Shaw. um, You've got Fred or Casemiro who can kind of slot in there and create those overloads as well. Um, Just really exciting from those two. I, I thought they both had great games.
1: Yeah, I think at this point, Rashford obviously still not the center forward. I think the finishing is what keeps him from maybe nailing down that starting central role. But for the time being, he's the best option for a couple of different reasons. And one of them is that he links up play with the wingers way more than Ronaldo does. Um, Antony was very isolated at times against Newcastle and it seemed to affect them. Antony was right in the game from the get-go in this one. Um, yeah, you know, I joked on the brand's Twitter account that someone should tell him he has a right foot because he's, I, I think I've only seen him use his left foot. He's constantly cutting in, but he's so dangerous when he does that. I mean, it's
0: funny you say, say that because I was listening to, um, uh, Talk of the Devils post Newcastle this morning while I was getting my coffee and, Um, they they mentioned how (laughs) they had watched like every single Anthony assist or goal um, since he made his first senior appearance. And, I mean, he is very Aryan Robin in the sense that the right foot does not touch the ball. Yeah. (laughs) Except to set it up for the
1: left foot. (laughs) There there was like a tactical breakdown J.J. Bull was doing on TIFO where he was talking about the ways in which If you have Ronaldo in the center, it's not really going to work out with Antony all that well because, one, he's not really a forward that likes to be the first one making all those runs to the danger areas. But, two... He's hitting in-swingers. Yeah, Antony's hitting all these in-swingers from the left foot. He's not getting to the byline and then sending it in or tapping it across. You know, he needs... there, there's not really the diversity of options created in that way whereas if you have a front three that is fluid and connected and constantly you know getting near each other and trying to create chances and patterns of play then he gets more dangerous because he, the defense is getting shifted around and Anthony will see that and he can you know make runs at just like that I mean the way he turns on the ball and gets going is incredible I, I think he's really promising I w- I also, I would, I need FIFA to update his, uh, face on, <laughs> on the game because he's still got the like create a player face.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and so when we're, when we're talking about how exciting this fluid front three is too, we have two players that are, they desperately want space to create. And you saw today, Sancho, I think, looked sharper and you've got Anthony who was so much better. Um, if you have the, if you give them the opportunity where they can either cut towards the back line and play a square ball, give them the opportunity where they can cut inside. Especially every goal that we've watched Anthony score, he has cut in and then he's hit a curler. Like that's his thing. He's like right side at Nani at this point, right? Or pretty close. <laughs> yeah.
2: <I> mean, <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll lean on, on you to let me know if that example works or not. But from what I've seen in Nani's uh, highlights. Uh, in yesteryear it's it kind of feels like that a little bit
1: yeah Nanny playing on the right was interesting because he's he would still just like unleash a shot even though it was right-footed from that side one of his best goals was a banger from that end of the pitch but anyway um we should probably talk about ronaldo um so he stormed off uh, i don't want to say stormed off he walked off uh down the the tunnel before Either the match way, had he,
0: ended yeah he left the game before the rest of his teammates did
1: yeah and um it feels problematic to me eric tenog was asked about it and said quote i will deal with that tomorrow um it it seems to me and this is you know just my perception of this happening i'm not a beat writer i'm not you know in the building for these things but it seems like eric tenog is playing politics you know he's been very reasonable with ronaldo he's been like saying things like he needs to get his fitness back before he's going to play again. You know, he's going to get chances. He's such a great goal scorer. We'll we'll use him in these opportunities when we need a goal or he starts in the Europa League and he's, you know, we need that kind of goal scorer in in Europe. It just seems like he's dancing. He's been dancing around this issue that Ronaldo all summer has not wanted to be a part of this team. He made that clear through his agent who had, courted every single club in Europe in the Champions League to try and get Ronaldo. When it became clear that Ronaldo was not wanted, he had to stay. He came back to training, what, like a week before the season started? And then he's spent a lot of that time pouting and showing frustration visibly that he's not getting the playing time he thinks he deserves because he's Cristiano Ronaldo. And then when he does get the playing time, he's shown almost nothing. He had you know, really bad cameos early in the Premier League run. And he had two games against Ammonia Nicosia in Europa League where he had God knows how much XG and couldn't score a goal to save his life. Um, And then he does this. I think this has to be the tipping point. I, I don't want him. I don't think he should be in the match day squad from here on. Yeah, it, well, and this is one of those po- moments for, for Ten
0: Hag now, too, where... I think Ronaldo has made it toxic enough where you're still going to have some people who are going to be like, yo, Ten Hog, what are you doing? Like, this is the best goal scorer ever. He has to be in your, your match day squad. You know, if he's fit, blah, blah, blah. I, I think you're, you, he's going to have a little bit more leeway now. Um, where it's like, Hey, he's not even in the 18, you know, you understand, surely. Um, as long as Ten Hogs other forwards continue to come good and um, make it so that way it's a really easy decision. Um, I, I think from a personnel standpoint, like sh- certainly Ronaldo has made it impossible to play him again. Uh, from a reality standpoint, I'm sure he'll still make squads. Um, I'm sure the moment Rashford or Sancho or Anthony has a particularly poor game um, because nobody can be that good all the time. It, someone will call for for Ronaldo to be back, but I I think for the dressing room vibes, this is important for like Ten Hag to really snuff it out now and just be like, "Dude, this is not how we're going to operate anymore." Um because at, at the end of the day, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Uh cool, Ronaldo gets you a goal every couple games and maybe it's an important goal or a stoppage time goal, whatever, like, sure. But I think for the the sake of Eric Hogg's long-term squad building project, I mean, Ronaldo's not in the plans after this season. Like, that's a guarantee. So at this point, why are we catering to somebody who doesn't want to be there, who is focused on probably some more individual accolades in the, in the Champions League? Like, it's not Eric Tenhog's job to keep Cristiano Ronaldo happy, especially if Cristiano Ronaldo's not keeping up his end of the bargain. So um i will feel a lot more encouraged if and maybe ten hag wants to keep it in house and he's not going to have some big sweeping um press conference moment that gets a shitload of clicks because he goes it you know starts talking ill of ill ill of ronaldo or, or makes it, some kind of great That's kind of the thing deal. right
1: now is he doesn't have to do that is like Exactly. ronaldo ronaldo's doing all the all that himself, it, it, there's there's nothing he's doing that is gaining him any traction against the manager, which is exactly. clearly what, you know, the the point started out as with his Twitter army was that, you know, he, Ten Hag was showing disrespect and had this ego to bench Ronaldo, but he's done nothing to contribute. He's done nothing to push this plan forward at, that Eric Ten Hag, I mean... You know, we all want to think that he has the time to implement this and to see out a plan. But in reality, we know that that's not the case because if things go bad and United aren't scoring goals and they're not winning matches, things get really, really hot for the manager. And with, you know, how crowded these fixtures are with new players coming in with a lot of money spent on two players in particular, Tenog can't waste any time. And he needs this. He needs things to start coming to fruition now which is hopefully what we're seeing, but Ronaldo is not a part of it. Yeah, and
0: that's where we're at at this point. I don't think Ten Hag's going to make – he's not going to come out and say anything crazy about Ronaldo. I think the the wildest statement you're going to get from Ten Hag about the situation is what he said today. He's like, we're not talking about it. I'll deal with it tomorrow. And anybody with half a brain realizes, like, okay, Ten Hag's probably got steam coming out of his ears. But he's going to keep it in house, and you're probably not going to see knowing you know being on the p r side myself. you're probably not going to see Ronaldo in some match pictures or some uh, training day pictures for a while. He's going to disappear from the public eye for a little bit um and well, he's going he's going to have the world cup I mean Portugal's going to play him yes yeah, but for, it, all of a sudden Manchester United's p r machine. Is not going to be a vehicle for Cristiano Ronaldo to self-promote. Because right now you have nothing to promote. Uh he like, especially now that he scored a 700th goal. Like it, Ronaldo or Manchester United doesn't even have that to chase where they're like, oh, when's Ronaldo yeah. gonna get a seven hundredth goal? Team news on Ronaldo as he chases a seven hundredth goal. Like at this point, you know, Ten Hawk's gonna sit, I I hope Ten sits him in timeout. He has certainly earned it. So um, you know. Let's play some guys who want to be there. And if there's some growing pains, there's some growing pains. Like, at the end of the day, Ronaldo's not going to be on this team next year. So, rip the Band-Aid off. Mm-hmm. Who gives a shit what Twitter says, you know?
1: Right. And what, and the, I know guys. the obviously, the forward line is thin. Um, mm-hmm. Martial hasn't been able to stay fit at all this season, which is really worrying. Anthony Alanga had a little bit of a knock, but he's he seems like he's back. He came on today. We've got Fred though. Fred is uh yeah, Fred was playing Lights Out today and he FR9D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I'd rather have Garnaccio getting playing time at this rate than Ronaldo. Like use this as an opportunity to have other players, you know, come in for a chance to learn the system a little bit, play with the first team or see how they gel. Those are the guys that will hopefully be coming up over the next couple of years. I know Garnacho is another right-footed left winger who likes to cut inside, and we have plenty of those and have had plenty of those over the last couple of years. But, you know, try him out centrally. He's played there for the youth team. To bring him off the bench a couple of times. See see what happens. Have him in first-team training, you know, playing with some of the other starting forwards. See how it goes.
0: Yeah, and there's some opportunities prior to the World Cup where you could run him out and he he could get some quality minutes without putting him in a situation where it could be negative towards his development. um I mean, with Chelsea on the weekend, I would expect probably the best possible eleven and eighteen that Eric Ten Hag can muster um Thank God Christian Erickson did not play in today's match uh right. outside didn't, of a few didn't need outside a few minutes, yeah, yeah, because I think it would be really important on the weekend um but, you know, having Sharif at home, that's an opportunity because, God forbid, United should take care of business in that game, especially um, with speaking of the lost episode. We talked about this. Um, they've got to be real serious in the group stage of the Europa League because they cannot afford to cram in playoff Europa League matches prior to the knockout rounds with the World Cup and everything that's happening. Um, and then they're going to turn right around, they're going to host uh, West Ham a day before. Halloween. West Ham's kind of on their heels right now. That's an opportunity maybe to get 15 minutes. Real Sociedad probably doesn't play because that's in Spain and United need to win that game. Uh, And then they're at Villa Park. Uh, We've got the (laughs) I didn't even realize I'm looking at the schedule now. We've got the classic where we always need to do this last year. (laughs) West Ham twice. (laughs) A couple years ago, it was Wolves twice. We're gonna yeah. play at Villa November sixth, and then Villa comes to United on November 10th for the uh, Carabao Cup.
1: I so, think that happened with Villa, some opportunities. Uh, yeah, Villa last year. It happened with West Ham last year as well, because we played them in the mm-hmm. uh in the League, you know, the Premier League and then the League Cup. But that was like a home and away. Uh, this one yeah. might be as well. and they knocked us out of the
0: League Cup and it was just like, the fuck?
2: <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: the, I remember that game because Donnie played as his sixth. And Polly was like, see? <laughs> you see what happens?
0: Even though, like... <laughs> oh, my I, God, we're going to get training photos of Ronaldo just, like, <laughs> doing passing drills with Donny Van de Beek.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm kind of worried about Donny, because he hasn't been in the squad at all. He's had, like, a very vague injury. I mean, I hope he's doing okay, like, mentally, but... I don't know. I, everyone he, was he's kind start, of he's, just assuming he's that he like would be... Jones. Yeah, everyone just Phil kind of Jones assumed that game. he would be part of things, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, so we've got Chelsea at the weekend. Uh, we if should there's talk ever
0: an opportunity that. for Donny to find his, maybe find something again, Casemiro, Fred. If that's your double pivot, and you want to give Bruno
1: some minutes to like, pull cool. cool his legs off. I mean, yeah, or even you know, play Bruno up top if you're limited on forwards. Yeah. I don't know. There's still, I mean, there's
0: always an opportunity. I, I mean, at this point, I think the well's pretty much poisoned, but <laughs> maybe there's an opportunity for Donnie to get some minutes, maybe have a couple okay performances, and then he can go somewhere where he can thrive again. I mean, it's okay for signings to not pan out. It is
2: disappointing that maybe it's happened in such a weird way, but. Sorry, I was
1: muted. Um, yeah. So Chelsea. Um, uh, we need to talk about that before we go. Graham Potter has them playing pretty well. Um, they've won mm-hmm. their last couple under him. Um, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang seems to be a temporary quick fix for their who's gonna score our goals conundrum, as well as you know Mason Mount in good form again. This one's at Stamford Bridge, I believe.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. And um. Maybe not the most ideal match to come after a win like this where we're feeling it and uh, looking good in possession because it seems like Chelsea are a team. I mean, I, you know, Graham Potter has gotten one against Eric Tenog already this season, but he's got a much more powerful team at his disposal now.
2: Yeah, but he doesn't have Ivan Tony. <laughs> or excuse me. Oh, God. No, You mean, Trossard. Just the, yeah,
0: just cut that bit out. Just cut that bit out. I'm going to come back in. He doesn't have Trussard anymore.
1: I'm, le- um, I'm leaving all of this in. You know that I'm <laughs> not going to take the time to edit
0: this. <laughs> yeah. No, so the, the problem is I'm looking at Chelsea's schedule right now because they just drew nil-nil against Brentford today. So, Ooh. yeah, that, that was a,
1: that was an oopsie by Nathan, guys. I'm sorry. Um, oh, that was an oopsie by me, too, because I, I forgot that they played today. I was assuming they'd won both of their matches. Yeah. Well, and
0: as we know, Chelsea really had to travel pretty far to get to that Brentford match. Um, definitely a a true, true away fixture for them. Um, so it's
1: tough, tough. So do you think that we keep most of the same 11? I I would expect maybe Erickson comes back in for either Fred or, um, I guess Bruno could potentially rest as well or play Bruno further up. I, I would expect to see the same front three though, especially after, you know, the happenings at the end of the match.
2: Yeah, I think, um, I really think we're probably going to see, um, I'm trying to pull the lineup. This is, this is really poor podcasting on my part. Um, I, I, I think that's probably right. Um, because we didn't have,
0: I guess I'm gonna put this in air quotes and inform Casemiro. Um in the last couple big games that United have won. Pre Tottenham, you know, the Arsenal match, the Liverpool match, um against Arsenal. They had a pivot of Ericsson and McTominay. Uh I mean it, it depends on what what he wants to do. I think playing at Stanford bridge, it gives 10 hog an opportunity and an excuse if he wants to to bunker in and hit them on the counter, in which case maybe you just run back Fred and Casemiro and uh, Fernandez as your midfield. And then if you sneak a goal or two, that's when you put Erickson in to put the game on ice in the second half. Um, And Lord knows you know, Erickson could use another game where he only has like
2: less than 45 minutes played. We've, uh, we've been playing him quite a bit. So. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I, I'm, I'm not a football manager. I, I'm certainly not as smart as Eric Tenhog.
0: I like the idea though, of almost having a throwback to Ollie ball uh, against Chelsea. Cause I think, uh, Grand Potter is going to want to do Grand Potter things. Chelsea's at home. They're going to want to impose their will. They've got good forwards.
2: Uh, but there's an opportunity I think for, for United then to take advantage of that.
1: Yeah, so uh, quotes coming in from Tenag post game, he was saying to everyone in the dressing room how much it was how enjoyable it was to watch in this game. You hope for more of that against Chelsea because you want to see United proactive. But like you said, you know we had a method that worked pretty well against Liverpool and Arsenal. I don't know. I I haven't watched enough Chelsea to think you know expect or know what to expect. As opposed to what they were last season, it does seem like they're a lot more confident and more creative than they were towards the end of last season, and definitely more than they were uh, towards the end of Thomas Tuchel's time. But you know, their their specialty in midfield is kind of breaking up those those counter attacking plays. They don't have Angola Conte to help out with that. It looks like Connor, Connor Gallagher left the game today with an injury, so you know maybe things are going to be a little bit different. I'll I'll have to do a little bit more work on Chelsea I guess because I haven't I haven't really watched a whole lot of the Mets out of the Champions League this season
2: yeah I mean I mean I'm in a similar boat I I think um just judging
0: based on the lineup today I think Graham Potter had United on the weekend in mind um not starting Obama Yang, not starting a guy like Sterling um they ran a 3-4-3 they've got really good players. They're going to be a challenge to, to, to face against. And I, but if they're running a midfield of, you know, Jorginho, Kovacic, and then, I mean, I guess if, they probably will stay potentially with a three man back line. Cause that's, I, that's probably one of the strengths of their team is both the center backs that they have. And then the forward line that they have.
1: um, if Sterling plays, I think we should bring Wambasaka back in and just have him mark him across the field. For the vibes. Yes. For old time's sake, too. Although then again, like Martinez has got plenty of room in his pocket, so as we saw today. Yeah, well, you know, Kane's had to go back to London, so well, I guess he could just he could just ride with Lisandro on Friday.
2: <laughs> yeah, there you go.
1: Um, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to have time to record another podcast before the end of the week. So this is probably going to be it for our Chelsea preview. I'm sorry. It wasn't super elaborate. Um, but I wanted to get some podcast content out today because I yep. forgot to post what we did last week.
0: This is, this is where I'm at
1: with the Chelsea
0: match, right? If it is destined that Manchester United is not going to win this game, I hope they win this game. But if it is written already in the stars, you guys, um, Believe in determinism and everything in our lives has already been decided, and then we're just playing it out. And that means Chelsea's going to win. At least let Raheem Sterling get an informed card because I did the SBC for his ones to watch card. And so
1: (laughs) at least (laughs) let me benefit from a loss. (laughs) Is is that SBC still up? Because I did market it. uh, I tagged it as a favorite, but I kind of dragged my feet. I haven't. Do you want to do the part, everybody's least favorite part of the podcast where we just talk about our
0: uh, FIFA Ultimate teams? Because my team's pretty tasty right now.
1: I honestly, I haven't played that much the last couple of weeks. Um, I've done more um, career mode for sure. I have like three different United saves that all spawned from one point where I was deciding what to do after my first season. where I, I won the Premier League and then I won Europa League. So I have one where I'm going full super team and I bought Pedri and Mbappe. Um, and then I've got another one where I'm just going to try and keep about the same squad and I'm figuring out, you know, other young players I can bring in, but yeah, that's what I've been up to on FIFA. So,
2: yeah.
1: What's your foot squad
0: looking like? Um, well, I've got ones to watch Anthony. I've got player of the month Rashford, uh, pack the team of the week, Ben Yetter, um, team of the week, Christian Erickson, uh, I had De Gea who I don't understand how he got a He got like a four, four point
1: overall rating
0: boost. Yeah, three point yeah. rating increase from last year, eighty four to an eighty seven. I don't know how that
2: happened, but I packed him
0: and he's been my starting goalkeeper. But then I got
1: Ederson in a pack. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I've got Neuer and I'm just kinda like I don't really have any Bundesliga players in my squad, so I've just been waiting for an SBC to help boost a little bit. I'm really enjoying the way they've switched up how you do chemistry in this game,
0: where you can have hybrid league squads and still have people on full chem, which is super exciting. So, like, my back line right now is, um, I've got, I've got De Gea still in goal instead of Ederson because of the Spanish links, because I have Jordi Alba, um, Kunde, who just signed with Barcelona. And because he's French, he pairs up nicely with my other center back, Rafael Veron. So, my two, Center backs have like 85 speed, and then I've got Reese James as my as my right back. Um, and then I've also got Federico Valverde uh, in my midfield. So I've got like a nice little uh, triangle of La Liga players. And then I, I did pack Bruno, so Bruno's my starting cam, and it's uh it's fun. I'm I mean I'm playing a lot of 4-2-3-1, um, which I don't think is the meta because I've been in some shootouts where I'm getting taken advantage of, which I don't appreciate. Um, so I might have to adjust my tactics a little bit. You just, need,
1: you just need the Casemiro-Fred partnership in your midfield.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I need.
1: I've already got Fred, so I just need Pat Casemiro.
0: Or right. uh, last year, I got a, I got a lot of work out of Fabinho, so he might be cheap. Uh, if I have to get a discount, a uh, Brazilian central defensive midfielder.
1: Yeah, I will say I've considered moving on from Casemiro in my career mode just because he's slow. But um everything else about his game is pretty nice. So all right. I think uh, that's uh
0: Nathan and Colin talk about FIFA. Yeah you want to talk about Andor?
1: I have not watched the new episode yet, so no.
0: What, episode six or episode seven? Seven. Oh well I mean I had a work day today, so I haven't watched seven yet either.
1: Oh, that's fair. Yep. Um Andor's I like sick. it. Yeah it's sick. <laughs> I think it's uh some of the best Star Wars. Content to come out, you know. Since, uh, I mean, I liked Last Jedi, so I like Last Jedi too. You know what's tight when uh, Kathleen Kennedy
0: and the Star Wars leadership at Lucas Films have the confidence in themselves and not kowtowing to dorks on Twitter and saying, you know what? What if we let real auteurs cook with our source material and allow them to expand the universe as opposed to shrink it? Um, it gets pretty exciting. And that's what's so tight about Andor. Tony Gilroy, the guy, you know, anybody seen Michael Clayton? That movie's sick. That guy is doing <laughs> Andor. I mean, are you kidding me? So Ryan yeah, Johnson mean, made Last Jedi. Like, let
1: these men cook, not JJ Abrams, who just remixes songs. Yeah. So so far it's like really nailed the suspense of like what's happening with Cassian and what's he gonna do next. And then they also had this like really nice arc of a, like rainbow asteroid shower heist that looked incredible as well as, you know, kept us on the edge of our seat. So, and it had yeah. cousin from the bear in it. So, right. A uh, little bit of a disappointing um, turn of events with his character, but yeah, that, that was, uh, that, that was good vibes. That was a good group. That was good. I I'm, I'm trying to decide now because I did it. I watched the
0: first three episodes when they premiered. And I loved it. I loved that it was like in a three episode arc. And I'd I'd listened to a podcast where Tony Gilroy said that it was probably, you know, everything was kind of sectioned into three episode arcs over the 12 episode um, season. And so I tested it, I waited, and I watched four, five, and six all in the same evening. And again, it was like perfectly scripted to just do it that way. So now I'm like, Andor's got the hooks in me. I really want to watch it tonight. I want to watch episode seven, but I think I want to just. Hold off and then watch seven, eight, nine in two weeks. So it's a it's a real conundrum for me right now.
1: Yeah. I um I'm probably gonna keep watching it <laughs> just yes. as they come out. I need TV well, to. The, Although, the thing um, I got going for me I haven't watched Rings of Power yet at all, so
0: I could ah. sit down and start banging that out. And I haven't watched Welcome to Wrexham uh, yet, so like I have some shows that'll keep me busy until go. three episodes later from in
1: Andor. I do. Uh, maybe this podcast is not the best, but still a platform to talk about it. I do want to talk about Rexum with someone because I do have thoughts. Um, okay. I haven't finished it yet, but just like the general vibe of the show and things like I, that. I, so. I'll,
0: I Once I watch it, based on the vibes I'm getting from the trailer, I might have to edit some of the things that I say just because I don't need um, a TV <laughs> show blending in with what my actual realities are in my job. <laughs> um, as I saw in the welcome to Sunderland documentary where that show it gave me like that needed a trigger warning because i I had seen those situations play out in real life. Some of them. Um, so real exciting stuff though. I, I, it's very cool. The story, I I think a lot of people might be, um, you know, the hairs are, are up a little bit, just wondering what Rob McElhinney and, and, uh, Ryan Reynolds are doing, but it seems like so far it's been very positive. And knowing how American ownership and uh, British football is perceived, this seems like a nice win <laughs> win for the Yanks and uh, and in Ryan Reynolds' case, the Canucks. <laughs> there you go. Good save because he's because yeah. he is Canadian. Yeah. Um, well, and as as we've seen, Canadian ownership in F one is not working very well. Aston Martin <laughs> is a mess. So. And Nicholas Latifi is a disaster as a driver. So, Canada have been taking some L's in England as well recently. Oh.
1: Um, all right, I think we're going to end the pod here. But um,
2: <laughs> we
1: just talked about Star Wars.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, we, we,
1: we've already gotten way off off track. If we, if we keep going, it's just going to turn into that movie pod we keep talking about starting. Yeah. So uh, yeah, th- thanks for doing this, Nathan. Sorry to the listeners uh, about not getting the episode out last week. Um, it was a masterpiece. No one will ever hear it though, and uh, you'll just have to live with that, as will
2: I. Yeah, we'll we'll always have that conversation together. Yeah, it's fun. Good good times. All right, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>